Hey, good morning, Access. Uh, my name is John, and I serve as one of the pastors here. Well, I certainly didn't expect to be giving this message here from my backyard today. Um, I had really looked forward to uh, being with all of you, to hearing David share about uh, the ministry that he started, and just to talking about the topic that we're going to be exploring today. Uh, but as with so many things over the last two years, you know, we've learned that we can make plans, but we don't have the power to control them. So this past week, um, four out of the six of us in my family got COVID. Uh, so I kind of just knocked a bunch of us out. Uh, and then um, I also found out that my dad is facing some major health challenges. Uh, and then on top of that, there was just the sheer anxiety of watching Nathan Chen spin at lightning speed as he competed for the gold. So um, super relieved though to see him take that home. Um, but needless to say, there was a, a lot that was going on in our household, a lot to juggle. And I wanted to share that, you know, not to elicit sympathy, uh, but because I think it illustrates uh, in some ways, in some very real ways, uh, the nature of participating in mission. Uh, there are a lot of times when, I guess in reality, there's really never a convenient time, right? There's never a perfect time to participate in God's mission. Life is just constantly full of challenges and hurdles that we have to face. And I think it's really easy. It's really tempting to, in some ways, um, allow those things to keep us from participating, for us to say, you know, I'll get to that later and to put it on the back burner. And I know that's true for myself, at least. So um, this is a really important topic for us to talk about, and I'm really uh, glad that um, I could be a part of, of talking about this today. So let's begin in a word of prayer. God, you see us, you know us, and you love us. Thank you. I pray that you would speak to us this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Well, each Sunday over the last several weeks, we've been looking at one aspect of our vision statement. Um, uh, and if you're newer to this community, like if you've just recently joined our church or you're checking us out, uh, I would hope two things for you uh, will be true as a result of this series. One, um, that as you've been coming, that you would feel more and more a sense of belonging and connection. I know so many people are looking for that these days, and I, I, I hope and pray that our community, our faith village, will be able to offer that to you. Uh, the second thing I hope and pray for is that as you hear about our vision, that it would stir something within you, that you would sense a resonance with our vision, because ultimately our vision describes the direction that we as a community want to go. And so we're looking for partners in the faith who will walk towards this vision. And so as we've been doing each week, let's read it together. Our vision is to be a church, experiencing a deep life with God and others, growing as a faith village, striving for unity and diversity, empowering people on mission, and impacting culture in the way of Jesus. This is the final Sunday of our series, and so we're going to be focusing on this part, uh, empowering people on mission. Uh, and you might have noticed as we read through uh, the vision statement that there's a, a kind of a natural progression from, from inward to outward. Um, and off the bat, uh, I just want to acknowledge the fact that 
My guess is that there are different ways that each of us hears this phrase, empowering people on mission. Uh, For some of you, hearing us talk about mission feels really exciting and energizing. You've been wanting and waiting for access to engage more missionally. Um, And so I wonder, does that describe any of you today? It certainly does me. And I hope that uh, as a result of today's message, you might feel a little bit more energized. For some of you, however, uh, hearing this phrase, you know, empowering people on mission, uh, actually triggers some anxiety because it makes you think of past experiences that involved uh, awkward situations and forced conversations. Uh, you may associate the word mission with uh, feelings of burnout and being used to maybe meet certain metrics or goals. Or um, the word has connotations or associations with coercion, colonization, and power that were misused or even abused in the name of advancing mission. Or maybe even just more basically, when you hear the word mission, it elicits a feeling of guilt. Because it's one of those things where you know you should be doing it, you should be doing more of it, but you just aren't. And so you feel guilty. So does any of that describe any of you all today? It certainly does me. Um, And I hope that you will hear this message um, as an invitation from God to just be open to what he might be doing afresh or anew in you, in us, and in our church. And then finally, I think there are some of you probably hear that phrase, and it's kind of a neutral thing. You're just wondering, I wonder what that means. Um, Well, my hope is that uh, this message might give you some clarity and understanding. But wherever you may be on that spectrum of things, my prayer is that today's message might help us as a diverse faith village get on the same page. That this message might give us some shared language and a shared sense of who we are and some shared aspirations. So to do that, I want to break down the phrase empowering people on mission into two parts, the on mission part and empowering people. So let's start with the mission piece. So for a lot of people, uh, the word mission conjures up images of a, you know, maybe of a family moving really far, far away. Uh, to go to a place to share the gospel in a foreign land, uh, like like Africa or Asia. Um, so in college, one of my roommates was Korean-American, and he was uh, an MK, a missionary kid. Uh, he grew up in Waco. That's right, Waco, Texas. So his parents were sent from Korea to Waco as missionaries. So just... Think about that for a second. When we think of someone uh, of one culture moving to another culture, um, we're thinking specifically about cross-cultural missions. Uh, Several weeks ago, we heard from our friends, Gary and Mary Lou Sanders, who are cross-cultural missionaries to Colombia. And we support uh, this amazing couple. Uh, Grace and I personally support missionaries to Japan and Kenya. We love the work 
that missionaries do. But this is not what we are primarily talking about when we use the word mission. Mission isn't mainly about going someplace far, far away. Often we make it mostly about where, when in actuality, mission is about who. Whose mission? Who God is. The God of the Old and New Testament scriptures, the God whom Jesus reveals, is a God who is on mission. And so mission is foremost about what God cares deeply about. It is about what God is doing in the world. So what exactly is God up to? What is God doing in the world? Well, there are a lot of different ways to actually answer that question. But for today, let me give you one way that scriptures frame this question. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So in this passage, what we see is that God is reconciling humankind to himself through Christ. That is, God is healing the wounding and the separating caused by humankind's rebellion and sin against God. And God is restoring us into right and loving relationship with God. And he does all this through Christ. Christ is the humble and glorious centerpiece. Christ is the culmination of God's mission. He is the expression of God's greatest good. There is no omission apart from Christ. Christ is the instrument through which God accomplishes God's mission. And that gives us new meaning. It gives new meaning to the fact that we as the church are Christ's body. We are the hands and feet of Christ. Colossians chapter 1 picks up on the same theme, but it expands it. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once again, we see that through Christ, God is reconciling everything. But notice this time, God's mission includes all things, things on earth and things on heaven, because God is seeking to restore the whole of creation back into right relationship with him. Access, and indeed our larger covenant body, the denomination of which we're a part ardently believes that God's mission touches every aspect of human existence. And that ultimately, God's intention is to bring wholeness and restoration, restoration, what the Old Testament beautifully calls shalom, to all of creation. And so we believe that God's salvation touches individual souls and entire communities. 
It energizes faithful and winsome proclamation of Christ and steadfast and prophetic justice building. And that both of these together paint a fuller picture of who Christ truly is and what he cares about. So when Micah 6.8 tells us to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God, and Matthew 28 tells us to go into all the world making disciples of all nations, these aren't competing missional priorities, but rather complementary expressions of God's mission. Uh, in my younger years as a Christian, I really grew to love talking to people about faith and spirituality. Um, so you could say I really enjoyed evangelism. Uh, I, I did find it scary, but I also found it exhilarating. Um, I had all sorts of cool experiences like this once. I was driving, in, this was in high school, I was driving with my uh, friend. She was a non-Christian. And um, yeah, I was, I was asking her, like, do you believe in God? And just at that moment, a like a semi truck drove by with the word God on it, and we were both like, "Whoa!" <laughs> you know. But then around college, and especially after college, even as I continued to love um, engaging people in spiritual conversations, I wondered if my faith had anything to do with the problems around me. You know, the the deep uh, racial inequities that existed the systems of poverty that were so observable across our well-manicured campus lawn. Um, And sometimes it seemed as if you kind of had to choose between, you had to make a choice between seeing people find freedom in Christ and freeing people from systems that are unjust and unfair. But then I realized that this was a false dichotomy. And that the good news that Jesus announced was that God's kingdom had come. And that his kingdom was one in which people who were far off from God could be close to God, not by the virtue of their own righteousness, but through Christ's righteousness. And that this was a kingdom where systems of oppression would give way to liberation and freedom so that all people could flourish under God's reign. I realized that God's mission is fueled by God's love, a love that cares for the whole person. First John 4 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So I came to realize that God's mission is vast. It is comprehensive. It is big. And that God is at work all around us, wooing people from every tribe, tongue, and nation to himself. And that God is building his mysterious kingdom all around us. And so we pray, thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so to say it again, it is God's mission, not ours. 
And that frees us up from carrying a burden that we cannot carry. That frees us from uh, thinking we have like this Messiah complex, that we are meant to save the world. No, we are not. That is God's job. That is God's work. It is his mission. And he invites us into it. But all this, this starting point, invites us to begin to ask a new set of questions. We can ask questions like, God, how are you already at work? God, what are you up to? God, how are you at work in the gym that I go to, uh, in my workplace, among my coworkers, among my neighbors? How are you at work in my school? How are you at work in my family and among my friends? God, how are you at work in our city and in our country? So when you hear the phrase, empowering people on mission, I want you to think, whose mission? Whose mission? It is God's mission. The starting point is God's whole vast mission. What does that have to do with you and me? What does that have to do with us as a church community? And that's where the phrase, empowering people, comes into play. Our vision is to be a church empowering people. People, not programs. Uh, There's nothing wrong with programs. I like programs. Programs can do great things. But that's not the focus. You see, our church could start an amazing program where at-risk kids uh, are tutored and mentored. And that could lead to uh, relationship building with uh, families in the neighborhood, leading them to Christ and seeing uh, more holistic change. That would be really awesome. But at the same time, there are some of you who could say, well, that's great. I'm glad our church does that. Uh, But I don't really like tutoring. I don't really, I'm not really into kids. So I'm not going to really be a part of that. Uh, Our church could start an awesome, like, short-term and long-term missions initiative. Uh, I think that would be great. I would love to see that happen. And there are some of you who would be the first to sign up and go. The truth is a lot of us, a lot of you wouldn't go. And so this part of our vision, this is for all of us. This is for all people. It's about each and every one of us, extroverts, introverts, extroverts and introverts, Uh, adventure seekers and homebodies, new Christians, those of you who have been Christians for, uh, you know, who have been at it for a long time. It's for our youngest ones. It's for our oldest ones. It's for those of us who are single, married, married with kids, even married with young kids, empty nesters. This is for our staff. This is for our mission partners. This is for our attendees. This vision is for all of us. Why? Because loving God means loving and caring about the things that God loves and cares about. It's incomplete at best and just straight up dishonest at work. If we say we follow God, but we're not willing to follow God into God's mission. This is for all of us because each of us has a part to play. 1 Peter 4 puts it beautifully. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, this is where I think a lot of us get stuck. We want to be involved. We want to participate, but we're not quite sure how. We're not totally sure what our gift is and what our unique contribution is. And so we may look at someone who's like this tireless and effective uh, activist for greater social equity, and we're like, that's not me. Or we look at someone who has this uncanny gift of leading people into spiritual conversations and leading them to Christ, and we think, well, that's not me. And that can feel really disempowering, right? Uh, When we compare ourselves to other people or we feel like there's this mold that we have to fit and we just don't fit it. So I'd like to repeat a distinction that I once heard, which is really helpful in this regard. Not everyone is gifted to be an evangelist, but everyone is called to be a witness. Not everyone is gifted in showing mercy but we're all called to be compassionate and kind. Not everyone is gifted to be an activist or an advocate for uh, justice, but everyone is called to seek justice. Not everyone is gifted to be a skilled communicator, but everyone has a story to share. Not everyone is going to be gifted to be a cross-cultural missionary, but everyone is called to support missions. So, The idea is that we all share things in common. There are things that we share in common as followers of Jesus, like sort of just the baseline, right? We bear witness. We are are compassionate. We seek justice. We share our story. And then each of us has specific roles, tasks, and assignments, which God specifically calls us to. So Acts 6 records an incident in which widows of a certain ethnicity were being systematically overlooked in the food distribution. So the apostles appointed God-fearing people to serve this need so that they could focus, so the apostles could focus on their role of teaching and prayer. They weren't appointing them to some menial task. It was a different task, but important. And together, all these things worked together so that as a result, the church continued to grow and flourish. So one of the things I love about the fact that God's mission is so big means that everyone gets to play. And of course, the challenge is how do we as a community get to a place where everyone, everyone is empowered to meaningfully participate in God's mission in ways that honor who God has created them to be. Um, That's the million dollar question, friends. And if you know the answer to that, uh, please share with us. I know many churches are wrestling with this very question. How do we move beyond the 80-20 rule? How do we actually move into an empowered faith village? So to be honest, we don't have all the answers. We don't don't know exactly what it looks like to get from here to there. Um, But I can tell you that there are some specific things that we can all do starting from day one. First, you could pray for access to be a church empowered on mission. 
man, if all of us begin to pray for this regularly and consistently, I know God will answer that prayer. Secondly, you can start by asking yourself a really simple question each day. Just ask yourself, God, or just ask God, God, what are you up to today? God, what are you up to? How are you at work today? And how can I be a part of that? Our vision is to be a church empowering people on mission. That's the journey before us. That's where we're headed, friends. And we want to invite you to be a part of that journey with us. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God who is on mission. And I pray that you would stir something within each and every one of us so that we could be a church on mission with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, there's a lot to process. So in a moment, Pastor Ted's going to come up and uh, lead us into some discussion together. Thanks. We are going to transition now to our sending prayer. So if you don't mind standing with me, we're going to pray this out together and ask God to lead the way as we think about this. Please join us next week. We'll be starting a new sermon series on um, the formation of a missional leader. Um, but here we go. Let's pray this together. Loving God through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. And may your spirit guide us toward joy and generosity. In Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus, amen. Before you go today, I uh, just want to make a special invitation. We have our on-ramp um, coming up at 1115 just because we ended a little late, we're going to do this at 11.20. So see me in the lobby afterwards if you want to be part of that. If you're new and you're wondering what Access is about, this is a perfect class to do it. Um, it's about 45 minutes long. We'll see you there. All right, take care.